0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to In the Workplace on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again are Professor Peter Capelli and Dan O'Meara. We're in New York City today. Um, and what would we say about being in New York City? We're just listening to Ron Chaps, uh, Caps talk about drag racing and the differences in altitude and how that affects uh, this. Anything affecting your voice here, different or anything about New York, you think? Um,
1: I don't think so. Yeah, I don't except, think so. Yeah, we also talked about the fact that uh, we, we don't exactly fit in yeah, here at SiriusXM, right. at least if, 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 as far as yeah. the lobby is well, concerned. We
0: look like the accountants or actuaries, as Phil suggested, uh, in the in the building here. So this is the uncool uh. Last half hour of the uncool show here. And we're going to talk about things going on in the workplace, workplace survey. We mentioned this a little bit before at the top of uh, the show. Uh, but with us to talk about the survey is Martin Brooker, Executive Vice President of Sales from Condeco Software. And their study, which is a global study, uh, looks at what employers are doing around the world on ways of working and particularly remote working. Uh, and Martin, welcome.
2: Hi, Good afternoon.
0: And Martin let's ask you maybe at the beginning before we start what does Kendeco do what's at, uh, what are you guys up to the software so company
2: Kendeco is a, a sort of a, a, a enterprise application for scheduling space typically conference rooms and desks so okay. um, we tend to specialize in sort of large organizations that, that are trying to manage uh, their space more effectively and understand utilization so um, driving up sort of utilization and and uh, availability of conference room space. Okay. And as people move to more flexible ways of working, uh, get it, making it easier for people to schedule their uh, their desk in a in, in in more agile workspaces.
0: So let's uh, maybe start by talking about that issue a little bit, which I found maybe particularly interesting, and that is the idea that uh, companies have used to have sort of you know, uh, specialist workspaces, right? And it looks like that stuff is not quite the same anymore. So what are offices starting to look like now in terms of meeting space in particular? More of it, less of it, anything different in recent years?
2: Yeah, I think, I think what we're seeing is key trends. And this study we did was a global study, but it's relevant, obviously, here in the Americas, Um is that people are looking for more collaboration space. So we're using technologies like video conferencing and digital whiteboards and interactive devices, and um, people are wanting to um, meet in these spaces and, and sort of collaborate uh, more effectively. Okay. I think as it relates to the, the workspace itself, uh, you know, obviously in New York City and, and most metropolitan cities across the globe, we're getting used to open spaces, um, uh, more more open uh, environments where people are sort of encouraged to collaborate.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I
2: think that the key trend is um, people wanting the, the flexibility of being able to work from wherever they see is most effective. So whether yep. that's working from home or um, or in the office, um, mm-hmm. I think that's the, they're the sort of key trends that we're seeing. And... I
0: think most people are still sort of seeing in this place. Yeah, let's get to. We'll get to uh, remote work in just a second here. I want to add another question though about meeting rooms before we get to that, and that is, if you look around the world, uh, it doesn't look like that many people really have access to meeting with other people, right? If you looked at uh, the rooms themselves as kind of a proxy for the U.S., leads this. The U.S. says thirty-six, thirty-one percent of uh, U.S. respondents said that. They could get access to a meeting room whenever they needed one, but if you look around the rest of the world, it's tiny. I was really interested to see Singapore almost nobody, nine <laughs> yeah, percent of the workers in a, Singapore.
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's hierarchical uh, uh, sort of conversation, right? So yeah, in yeah. instead of organisations, it's accepted that anyone can book space anywhere, right? So if yeah. I'm you know I'm an employee of an organisation and I want to. Meet with some colleagues, and um, I, I have the ability to book any conference room anywhere. And in certain locations around the world, culturally, that's that may may be dependent on your your you know your position in the company. Oh, um, okay.
0: So, oh, okay. So, so you think the difference is that they're available, but they're only available if the boss books them or something?
2: Yeah. So I think that's one uh, one aspect of it. And I think the other key issue is. The perception in lots of organisations is that there's lots of conference rooms available, um, but because people book recurring meetings and that, in some cases, is not is not um, policed very well, yep. is that the perception is there's lots of availability, but actually, we're in the real world, I can never find a space to meet. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, typically, that's the problem we try to solve or help companies yep. to resolve, mm-hmm. which is this. Um, I'm looking for space. I can see that the conference room's laying opposite me empty, but according to the schedule, it's actually booked, yeah, and that ten- that tends to be because I book a complex recurring meeting. we're going to meet every Tuesday. we meet you know the first three times, and I forget to cancel the meeting yeah. Tied up. and the meeting is then booked in, in a forever until someone remembers to cancel it.
0: I got those on my calendar,
1: yeah, and Martin, <laughs> how important is it to collaboration for people to be in the same space, yeah. Do you even well, need I to?
0: Think, no exactly. i I think the reality
2: is we meet virtually and physically right in mm-hmm. in you know I think the the reality now with um uh, with workers you know having that flexibility of working from home with collaboration tools like video conferencing and other other shared um, technologies, you can be anywhere. I think it's interesting though um as it relates to the x and y generation, the the younger generation. Whilst they want the flexibility to work anywhere, or especially from home, they actually want to come to an office. They actually want to be part of the company. They want mm-hmm. to feel connected, right? So, yep.
0: Yep. Um,
2: whilst we may not need um, to meet physically, interesting. I think you said you're as a lawyer. I mean, in many cases, um, you have to meet your clients physically, right? Not always, but in yep. many cases, it depends mm-hmm. on what, what role you. If you're a, if you're a software engineer. Um you know you may be you know you may be heads down with a headset on programming all day. you may not need to meet to it, meet anyone or collaborate mm-hmm. with anyone mm-hmm. uh, or if you do, you can do it virtually right
1: yep yeah. is there is there a sweet spot in terms of how much uh, collaboration should take place face to face versus remotely or doesn't it matter?
2: I don't think it really matters. in my mm-hmm. opinion it doesn't really matter. I think again, it depends on the role that you that you, you know facilitate for the organization you work mm-hmm. for obviously if you're in Sales and marketing, or if you're in a you know a, a accountancy or a, an advisory role, yep. I think people people still want to meet face to face. I think, um, I mean, I, I I run a business here in the U.S. You know, I'm based in California, and the vast majority of times I I interact with most of my staff over video.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, uh, whilst I spend a lot of time on aeroplanes going back and forwards between New York and California, I do an awful lot of you know, my day-to-day activity mm-hmm. using video conferencing, right?
0: But I, I think it is... Uh, uh S- still the case, particularly with these new agile ways of managing projects, that uh, getting people together face-to-face is, is kind of a big deal. And I think this issue of, you know, it sounds, I'm uh, frankly, it sounds a little pedestrian to think about uh, a big issue being scheduling rooms. But here's an example where it's life and death, right? And that is, if you think about scheduling rooms in hospitals, right? Uh, yeah. And scheduling particularly surgical suites, because those rooms, uh, the cost per hour of using them is incredibly, expensive. And so if they're wasted, you know, and this, the room is empty or people want, need surgery and they can't get a room, it's really kind of life and death. So, Martin, what would you say are the biggest things, uh, even in an office context, that screw up the utilization of meeting space or shared space?
2: I think I've mentioned one of them. I think the –
0: Mention it again. That's okay.
2: uh, (laughs) Recurring meetings where we don't release those effectively. I think that's one key factor. I think the reality is is that uh, if you don't have the ability to know whether someone showed up, um, so um, demand for collaboration space and meeting room is one thing. But was it consumed? So we have technology, as an example, to enable you to check into a room, that way, if I don't check in within 15 minutes of actually the meeting taking place, I can get bumped from the booking and therefore free up that space for other people to utilize. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as, I mean, we've got clients, just to give you some, some 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 raw stats, that are making, you know, global companies that are making 250 to 350,000 meetings a month. A month. In, as, yeah. As, as, you know, 30, 30% of those are no shows.
0: Is that right? No kidding. Huh.
2: Um, that's a massive underutilisation of space. And in real estate in New York, um, you know, being what it is, if you've got uh, 30% of all your meetings not taking place, for example, that that potentially is a problem worth solving, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. All right, let's talk about remote working uh, for a little bit here. Were you surprised by the results of of the survey that uh, it looks like employers are saying, uh, depending where you are, roughly 43% or so of... Uh, of companies in the U.S., it's higher than that. Um, uh, say that they routinely allow people to work from home. Does that surprise you one way or the other? Were you expecting more or less? What do you think?
2: No, I think uh, that was in, probably in line with my thought process. I think, obviously, again, in different metro. I live in California in Silicon yeah. Valley, where the traffic is particularly horrendous. Yeah. Um, and spending an hour or 2 hours getting to and from uh, your workplace doesn't seem to make sense right yep. so
0: mm-hmm.
2: i think that obviously in in certain metropolitan cities around the world if you're spending an hour or 2 hours getting to work every day is that a, a effective use of your time
0: yeah mm-hmm. so i
2: think that people want that flexibility i think what's interesting is when when polled the study said that the the trend was now or the or the demand was i, I want to be in the office 3 days and work two days remotely was uh-huh. the, I think, 40, mm. 49% of the mm. respondents send that. Mm. So I think, but again, going back to the the generational thing, what was interesting for me was the younger generation actually wants to come to the office, which, again, mm. I thought would be mm-hmm. the opposite way around, but yeah. people would maybe yeah. want less, you know, more, uh, more flexibility.
0: Well, let's ponder that. I, I, yeah. yeah, ponder so, that for a second. Do you have a sense why? I'll give you my guess, but what do you think?
2: Well, I think... Um, Let's let's just say that, that social media has, has stopped people talking to each other, right? And oh, uh, I
0: think
2: okay. maybe, maybe actually coming to work to, to interact with others is a, is a, you know is something that people yearn for mm-hmm. rather than communicating mm-hmm. remotely or through other mm. you know, other uh, other methods, right? And and maybe socially, it's you know it's we're missing out on meeting people, yeah, yeah uh,
0: could be. And
2: meeting people to uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot twenty thirty years ago, people met their partners. Through work, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of of them did. If you're working remotely, do you get that opportunity? So I don't know. That was that was one of the thought processes around why some of the younger generation want to come to the office.
0: Here's my uh, being
2: part of the company as well. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's my uh, guess. Uh, Younger people have lousy houses. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're living with your parents, or you got a. Tinky little yeah. apartment with roommates in New York, and getting out, going to the office seems like a, a fun thing. I, I, I was wondering. I particularly like that uh, work three days, eh, just period. <laughs> just work three forget days. Forget about Don't, the other yeah, two. Yeah, forget about right. the other two. Just, just stay home. So, with respect to workspace, if we do more of this, so uh, one thing in your survey is that. Forty-three uh, percent, at least in the U.S., of employers report they expect to allow more remote working, and it sounds like more employees want it. What do you think this is going to do to how companies think about office space? Are they thinking about yes. this already and thinking, eh, hey, let's let's encourage this so we don't need as big offices? What do you think?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing it already with organizations like WeWork and and other organizations really sort of disrupting the property market in general. Um, you know, by offering organisations more flexible ways of of, of occupying space, um, yep. I think most, if you are, if you if you look at the survey, and you talk to most CFOs around the world, you know, number two expense after empl- after employment costs is is real estate, right? So mm, mm-hmm, anything mm. that can anything that can you know have a material impact on their ability to, you know, have less exposure to long term leases. Or, 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 you know, or, or more flexible ways of actually um, providing um, um, work environments to their to their employees is obviously something yeah. they're looking at. I do still think personally people still want to rally around the badge, and putting your name on top of a building, mm. and having some corporate identity is is um, is something that people crave for. Yeah. In, again, mm-hmm. going going back to California, you know, if you look at the Google campus and you look at the Apple campuses. They're almost places where they don't want you to go home, right? It's yeah, amazing. right.
0: That's true.
2: They are creating environments where you have everything, you, even you know, even Stevie Wonder and and others, you know, playing in the park on Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right. So, Phil, here's a question for you: If you uh, could you imagine uh, dealing with clients in a law firm and not having an impressive looking
1: office? Well, you know that works both ways. Okay. There's a downside of having an impressive-looking office. Ooh, what is it? Well, for example, if you're working with companies during the fiscal crisis, roll back the clock to 2008, 2009, 2010, and many companies had significant legal issues that needed to be addressed Mm -hmm. when they were in financial distress, and if they came into a law office that was opulent and impressive and good looking mm. that wasn't the right time to have italian really? to have italian marble in in your lobby because yeah.
0: they thought what that you were going to be really expensive or that uh, what they think
1: well i mean i think to the extent you're dealing with organizations that are feeling financial pain
0: uh, oh it makes them just feel
1: bad i think that it's oh. you know it's oh. it's and, and especially over time I Fast forward at present time, I think all organizations are interested in working with other organizations that uh, place a, a value on the dollar and mm-hmm. are trying to do more with less. And yeah. everybody's trying to do that, and that includes law firms too.
0: Hmm. So looking like you're lean and mean, um, at least in the lobby, is <laughs> probably a good thing before you get to the offices. Uh, the offices behind, yeah. Uh, so Martin, you guys have another study in the works. What do you, what's next for you guys?
2: Yeah, we, we um, we're always looking at the sort of key trends in in the market space. Uh, there's nothing in the uh, short term, but we we typically run this survey once a year, uh-huh. and we, we, we're doing some other surveys at the beginning of next year, relating to uh, sort of um, again the, the collaboration space. What are the technologies being used? Why they're being used? How they're being used? And um, and sort of trying to sort of work out the next sort of two dot three dot of Video conferencing and other collaboration Mm -hmm. technologies is the next piece.
0: So, if we give you maybe a last question, if you were to look at uh, 10 years, what do you think the offices are going to be? (laughs) Will they look different, you think? And will homes look different? Yeah. Will Phil look different?
2: Yeah, I think (laughs) what we're seeing, you know, like if if you look at the use of artificial intelligence and uh, biometrics, I think how we engage with with technology is going to massively change. Um, yeah. You know, okay. we we already see that Alexa, you know, find me a conference room. Alexa, yeah. mm-hmm. do this or whatever. Or Cortana, find me a available space next Tuesday where mm-hmm. Peter's available and I'm available. Um, that's not that far away um, mm-hmm. in terms of technology. And I think that also um, virtual reality and how we interact with space will, in ten years' time, will be a, the norm as well. So. Mm-hmm. Whether we need the physical space, that's going to be the interesting thing, is obviously yep. there's, a, yep. is, is, there's an awful lot of people vested in the corporate real estate market that want us to continue to consume
0: yeah. um,
2: property the way we do, right?
0: Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, that's very cool stuff. Martin, thanks very much for being with us. Martin Brooker is Executive Vice President of Sales at Condeco Software. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.